Welcome to Inner Peace to Go, your source for practical, proven strategies to reduce stress and make life easier. I'm your host, Sandy Cohen, and I am so glad you're here. Let's dig in. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Inner Peace to Go. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so happy you're here. I've got a great episode for you today wherein I am led through a meditation where I'm feeling my feelings in my body and I wasn't even expecting this. But before we get into it, I want to let you know that I have a gift for you. I wrote an ebook that's got some of my favorite science-backed strategies for reducing stress and increasing inner peace. These are quick, easy things you can do. They literally take two minutes or less and you will feel more relaxed immediately. Like they definitely work. I've tried them myself. I rely on these things. So I put it together in a little ebook. I'd love for you to have it. So there's a link in the show notes. If you would like me to send this to you, I would be honored. And now I'm excited to tell you about my guest. So it's my guest today is Kelsey Aida. She is an author, a coach, a retreat host, and a podcaster, and she's an expert in self-love and the art of manifestation. And she learned these things the hard way, as you'll hear her explain. She wasn't a born self-lover. She really learned how to cultivate that. And she, in this conversation, shares the relationship between self-love and manifestation, and you kind of can't have one without the other. We also talk about how to recognize and release resistance why we should think of our inner lives as an ecosystem, and how to feel our feelings in our body rather than intellectually. And this is where Kelsey guided me through an exercise, a a meditation, that I could begin to feel my own feelings in my body. And this was completely unplanned. It was totally unexpected, but it was really, really cool. And it's the kind of thing that you can do on your own. You can do it as she is guiding in this episode, but it's the kind of practice that we can take on and begin to feel our feelings in our body and get better at it. So I thought it was a great conversation. I learned so much from Kelsey and I know you're just gonna love her energy and her wisdom. So here we go with the lovely Kelsey Aida. And welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Very excited. I am super excited because you are an expert in something that I love to learn about and love to practice and deepen for my own self. And that is self-love. Can you actually, before we dig all the way into it, give us a little mini origin story for the listeners who aren't familiar with you and how you came down this whole path? Yeah. So I love that you call me a self-love expert because I'm also a self-love practitioner of my own self-lovery. So (laughs) let's just put that out there first and foremost. You don't become a self-love expert by being naturally self-loving. Let me put it that way, right? You have to go through your own hero's journey. You have to go through the fire. You have to be reborn into the phoenix, so to speak. So that's kind of what happened to me. Um, Long story short, for anyone who's new to me in my world and my work, I used to suffer from depression, which was like my first spiritual awakening, my first coming home to myself, uh, dealing with emotions, having to heal and raise your vibration and all of the stuff that I teach on. And when I was able to figure out how to get better without medicine for myself, I felt that was the right thing. I don't, nothing against medicine. I think it does help some people, 
but when I found out how to feel good, how to enjoy my life, how to feel empowered, how to be connected to my spirit, how to raise my vibration, I just wanted everybody to have these tools and know how to do it too. Because for me, it's all about quality of life, right? And anyone who's been suicidal or contemplated suicide will tell you like quality of life is the number one thing. Number one, without it, like you don't even want to live, which is crazy, right? It's crazy, but it's true. So for me, that's why I love teaching personal development and self-empowerment and writing these inspirational books and teaching people how to love themselves and heal their emotions and manifest their dreams because it matters to our health, to our well-being, to how much we can enjoy this short period of time that we have here on earth. So that's kind of what started me becoming a personal development author and a podcaster and now a retreat host and all the things that I do, it all has blossomed into a big thing, much bigger than myself. But really, I feel that part of my purpose existing here on earth is to take personal development and make it easy. Well, maybe easy is not the right word, applicable, simple, and doable And to take really grand spiritual concepts and why are we here and how can we create and what is the purpose of all this and just synthesize it and make it really practical. So I love it. That's why I'm here. That's, that's what I do. That's why I write books. That's why I host podcasts. That's why I host retreats. I just really want people to feel good, to manifest their dreams and to love themselves wholeheartedly through the process. Why do you think I mean, I love all of this. And and one thing that it was coming up for me as you were saying it is like, God, why don't we get taught this earlier? Like, why do we, th- why do you think we have so many obstacles to self-love? Like, why isn't it the most natural thing in the world? <laughs> I think for some of us who have struggled with it, I think if it was natural, then you wouldn't have that rebirth that I was talking about and you wouldn't master it to the degree that feels really good and juicy. So I think- on a soul level, we sign up for it to be hard at first so that we can figure it out, so that we can go through the fire, so that we can overcome the obstacles and the challenges and be masterful at it on another level. Like when you're just gifted at something, it's a little bit different than when you become gifted at something through the challenge of it. Like you appreciate (laughs) it more, you kind of- Yes. And it's- It's classic like manifestation 101. Like I always write about in my books that step zero to the manifestation process is to experience the contrast, to experience the opposite of what you really want. That lights a fire in your soul to create what you actually want. And that gives you the context and the gratitude for when you do live in the space where you have what you want, you also know what it feels like to be without or to be in the opposite space and to go from the old space to the new space is a journey of healing. I love that you brought this up. So I'm going to take us in a different direction. Now, before we started recording, we talked about how you actually came to the self-love work through manifestation work. And I feel like manifestation, it sounds like, oh, it's something we all want, right? Like we can create our reality. Let's do it. But then it's not, it's simple, but it's not easy, right? Because we come up against ourselves. So can you talk about that? And what is manifestation? And what do we actually need to do to start seeing in our realities, the stuff that we see in our imagination? Yes. Oh my gosh. So much good stuff. We could talk about this for like a whole 24 hour podcast. Easy. But <laughs> to, to synthesize the information and to start this conversation in a cool direction, how I 
would define manifestation is just the process of creating, right? So um, best case scenario, you're doing it on purpose, consciously, <laughs> but at all times, we're always manifesting, right? Most everything in our life is a manifestation to some degree. Now, keep in mind that we don't manifest everything from our conscious minds. Obviously, most people have realized this to some degree because they're like, why isn't all the stuff that I think about here? And thank God, all of it's not only your conscious mind because a lot of weird stuff happens in your conscious mind that you wouldn't want it to just like manifest immediately, okay? So keep in mind that we have many points of attraction. Your soul has its own agenda for your life. So you're going to manifest things from your soul perspective. Your conscious mind, your heart's desires, those can be two different things. Um, your vibration can be attracting to you certain experiences, relationships, circumstances. Your trauma can be bringing you certain things to help you heal. I mean, we have so many points of attraction and everyone thinks it's all in the mind and all in your thoughts. So I just want to get that out of the way because that explains a lot of like, okay, how come I'm thinking about this, but it hasn't been happening or the opposite's been happening or why am I going through this? I didn't ask for this, you know, and it's not that simple. But what I can say, the general rule of thumb, if you want to become a masterful manifester is to get really good at releasing resistance. If you can be good at releasing your own resistance, which can look like getting out of your own way, which can look like healing from the past, which can look like eradicating old belief systems that don't work for you anymore, which can look like noticing how you're self-sabotaging and not doing that anymore. There's so many ways that resistance can show up and ways that we can clear it. But for a general rule of thumb, resistance is kind of like the quote unquote enemy, so to speak, when it comes to manifesting. And really one of the only reasons why what you might be wanting and creating and intending for isn't happening right now. But also it could have nothing to do with resistance and it could just be timing. It could be the timing of your soul, knowing when it's going to be best for you to have that thing, that experience, that doing whatever it is that you're asking for. Or it could be that the universe just hasn't created it perfectly yet and it's not ready for you even though you think you're ready for it. So sometimes we can make it really personal, like, oh, it hasn't happened yet. That means it, it's not in my destiny. It's not meant for me. That means it's never going to happen. That means I suck at manifesting. Like, no, maybe it's just still cooking, okay? You don't have to make it mean something bad about you just because it hasn't happened yet. There's a couple of threads I want to pull on there. And one is this idea of resistance and standing in our own way. Do we, is that always something that we would recognize? Because I no. feel like sometimes it's insidious, right? Like, so how do we undo it if we don't even recognize it? Yeah. So there are certain questions you can ask to help bring it to the surface. Because usually your resistance is going to be like in your subconscious mind. It's going to be sneaky. It's going to be in the shadows. Like you might not even realize that you're resisting the very thing that you say you want. So like, for example, if you want to manifest the love of your life, you're ready to meet your soulmate, you're sick and tired of these stupid relationship thingies that don't work out and heartbreak and all the terrible things that come with, you know, love sometimes and relationships, which can be challenging. You're ready to manifest the one, right? So your conscious thoughts are all like, oh my God, so excited to meet my soulmate. This is going to be great. I'm ready. Like, yes, bring it on. Where is he? Blah, blah, blah. And then it's, not happening you're like what the f why is this not happening right and likely let's just give a common scenario 
there could be a part inside of you that's still hurt from the last time, so hurt that it does not want to enter the love boat again, right? There is a part of you that is not on board with this manifestation. You think you want the relationship, but a part of you is like, F that, that is the last thing we want. Love is dangerous. No, thank you. I hate dating. My heart always gets broken. Men suck, blah, 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 whatever the narratives are, right? This could be like an actual part of your psyche that is like stuck in this belief system, or this could be just some beliefs and thoughts that you have holding you back. But a way that you could identify this for yourself, whatever you're trying to manifest is you figure out what you want. And then you ask yourself, is there any part of me that doesn't want this or is not on board with this at this time. And just see who comes to the stage. When you ask that question, you can do it in the form of a journal entry. You can meditate on the question. Just ask the question and then be open to seeing your own resistance be revealed before your very eyes. Oh, that's so powerful. That's so it powerful. Simple, but powerful. And it's actually something that I I believe I wrote a little bit about it in my pocket guide to manifestation, which is one of my newer books, which has all these manifesting exercises. And some of the practices in the book are specifically designed to help you release your resistance. So it'll be like, ask yourself this question and journal on it or think about this or think about that. And sometimes it is helpful to have a practitioner, someone like me who can get into your blind spots and be like, do you realize that you are doing this or you're resisting in this way? Because I mean, we can't get into all our own blind spots by ourselves. We're not meant to do it all alone, but you can definitely get to the bottom of a lot of your own resistance by just asking the right questions. Oh, it's so powerful. What a great resource. So I'll link to that in the show notes. And another thread I wanted to pull on was when you mentioned that we're, we're manifesting all the time. And when I was digging into your content on your website, you've got a ton of blog entries and stuff there. One of the exercises was look at the things that you once wanted that you now have. Yes. And I thought that it's brilliant because you're like, <laughs> oh, I did create that stuff or, or you have it, to remind happened, yourself, you know, right. You have to look back and notice how powerful you are. So sometimes when I get in a mind space of doubt or like, usually this happens like right before my period when my hormones get all, and then you're like, oh, life sucks. I'm horrible. Right. I'm ugly. Everything's bad. You know, you know, that whole PMS I do. Dip. <laughs> Every time when that comes around, I'm like, dang, what the F is happening? And then I start my period. I'm like, oh yeah. I, I know. Why do we not know just, ahead of time? Like, why does it take, it's like, just the wave, the monthly wave. Totally but anyway, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> whether you're a man or a woman, we all experience waves like this, right? So when you're in, doubt not like too much doubt but like a medium doubt if you're in too much doubt you're not going to be a vibrational match this exercise so don't force yourself to do it but if you have like a little bit of doubt but you're still open to like not wanting to feel doubtful you can remember all the times that you got what you wanted it's that simple so I'll give an example before I met my fiance I really wanted to meet him and now we live together before we moved here to the Carolinas, I really wanted to move somewhere warmer with the love of my life. And we did it. When we moved here, there was a certain house that I wanted to rent and it became available to us the next day. You know, when we wanted to buy a house, the very house that I wanted fell through so I could buy it. Like you just look back at all these things and the more evidence you can give yourself, the more empowered you'll feel. And it's not hard to go back and see, oh, look at all these things I once wanted and now I have them. Yes. And not yeah. even things, but just experiences, sure. ways of being, feelings. Yeah. Like I always wanted to have a meditation practice and I finally do. Like, yes. Yeah. 
Exactly. Uh, I love it. And now what, one of the roadblocks that we run into when we go down the manifestation road, in addition to our own resistance, is sort of recognizing where we're not experiencing self-love. And that's kind of the coming full circle here. So how can we know that? I guess we maybe we already know it because we feel so self-critical. How can we start to unwind this to, to sh- teach ourselves how to love ourselves more? Yeah, well, I'm going to speak specifically to the self-criticism piece and the self-criticizers out there, (laughs) because this is something that's been modeled to us in many different ways. Maybe a coach criticized you into doing better. Maybe your mom criticized you into behaving a certain way. Maybe your teachers criticized you into changing your behavior. This is something that you learned from other people that has been valuable to some degree. Because if you didn't believe that criticizing yourself was going to make you do better or behave better or be different, you wouldn't be doing it. So first, I just want to give compassion to the part of us that criticizes because it thinks that in criticizing us that it's helping. Otherwise, that wouldn't be happening. Every part of you is for you, never against you. Even if it seems like it's against you, it's it never is once you dig deep enough to the, the core purpose of that part if you can ask a part of yourself what do you, why are you doing this to me like why do I criticize myself why is my inner critic so hardcore she'll tell you she'll be like oh I'm just helping you to be the best you can be oh I just don't want other people to criticize you first I want to do it I don't want them to do it I want to do it to you <laughs> you know I'm trying so, to keep you safe or whatever so, right so step one is don't hate the criticizer it's there for a reason it's trying to help but as we have felt it is not helpful, right? So this tactic, this technique, this strategy is no longer working for us. So once you decide that I don't want to criticize myself into doing better, feeling better, thinking better, being better, like I don't like this anymore, this feels bad, then that's where you have a choice point. But first, you have to come to the awareness and the understanding and the compassion piece, because that's how you stop resisting your inner critic. You have compassion. The more you resist your inner critic, it's not helpful because then you're just creating more resistance where there already is resistance so instead of resisting we lean in we hear our inner critic out we understand where it's coming from where they're coming from how they're trying to help us then we can repurpose the inner critic and be like okay if you really want to help me be better how about we try it like this (laughs) because what you're doing right now is actually hurting me and not making me feel better and when you tell your inner critic this they'll be like oh I didn't know, like, I'm just trying to get us to the end result. I didn't know that what I'm doing is hurting you. Like, I'm so sorry. This this is really what I'm going into here is more parts work. And this is a lot of what I do with my clients and my coaching clients and on my self-love retreats, because self-love is about your relationship to yourself. And there are so many different parts of you inside that little psyche. Let me tell you, you are not just one personality. You've got a whole ecosystem going on in there. And when you can get really good at reclaiming certain parts of yourself, whether that's your inner critic, whether that's the part of you that's always anxious, whether that's your inner child, whether that's the part of you that can be a bully, whatever it is, the good, the bad, the ugly, when you can come to understand it, have compassion for it, and give it better purposes, give it new life, new meaning, you can heal your relationship with all yourselves, as I like to call them, and you feel whole integrated, happy, peaceful, and no longer doing all the dysfunction. This is fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, but it's fascinating (laughs) because I love thinking about it because I remember from 
therapy, having, I've had two different therapists talk about this, like be like being there for my inner little girl, like the parts of me that are scared or the parts of me that, yeah, are scared, frightened, um, hurt. And then I remember a different therapist earlier in, in life who, who was saying, now you can be your own good parent. Like, you don't, you know, now you can, so it's like, I have an inner parent, I have an inner child, and I love being able to think about it in this way of these parts. And I've heard about parts therapy, but I, I don't, inner, internal family systems, but I don't know a ton about it. So how can we begin to give love to these parts? Where do we, where do we access that compassion? Yeah, well, usually you have to start by identifying a part of yourself that you don't like, because <laughs> the parts of yourselves that you don't like, those are the ones that you push away you shun them, you disown them, you reject them. And that causes internal fragmentation that causes damage in your own psyche. That's like internal warfare. When you're like, this is a part of me, but I don't accept it. Or this is a part of me that I don't, but I don't express it. This is a part of me, but I don't listen to it. Because every single part of us has needs, desires, values, like its own personality. Like you have to think of yourself like an ecosystem. And when you can do that, you can start caretaking all of you, the inner critic, the, the anxious one, the perfectionist one, the, the jealous one, like every part of you is one trying to help you. Otherwise it wouldn't exist. And two, it has needs, it has wants, it has desires, and it needs certain things from you. So for example, I have a part of me that's always sad which is like surprising because I teach a lot about happiness. I usually feel great, but there's a part of me in the background that's always sad because the world is heavy and humanity needs to step it up and a lot of bad things are going on. And, you know, life is heavy sometimes and painful and hard and whatever. So when I got to know her, I I, I think of all my parts as female since I'm a female, but I, they can look and be whatever. They can be monsters. They can be children. They can be opposite sex. They can be not actual people. Like you can usually get a vision once you start to like tap into the energy of each part. But when I was talking to her and I was like, yo, like, what are you sad about? Like, what's the sadness about? You're really like bringing me down, right? Because the cheerleading part of me is like, ew, that sad part. She's so annoying. All she does is like bring us down, right? <laughs> so when I got to know this part of me better, she was just really in tune with feeling and like the depths of the earth and like feeling for humanity and just like taking it all in for the purpose of like having a richness to life. Like my sadness isn't trying to hurt me. She's not trying to bring me down. She's just in touch with a certain wavelength. And when I asked her what she needed, she said, I just need you to let me be expressed through tears sometimes and it's really helpful when you move your body. So for me, if I'm feeling really sad, I can dance it out. I can cry it out. I can be with that part of myself without denying her, disowning her, shunning her. And usually that doesn't have to last long before then she feels resolved and I can move on with my day. I can move on with my life and I don't have to merge or blend with that part. Like just because I have a part of me that's sad, that doesn't mean I'm a sad person because I don't get stuck in any one of these parts. I'm I'm looking at them from a higher viewpoint and claiming them all like as children of me, so to speak. So that's kind of where the like parenting language comes in, right? When therapists are like, you can reparent yourself and your inner child and this part and that part. It is kind of a good analogy for that. Yeah. And it just, even as you're speaking, I can feel like, oh, that feels so good to be integrated and to have yes, that. Yes, that's like, the perfect word. And to have a gentleness for yourself, like to not 
shun this part because why are you so sad? I'm trying to have a great day, you know, yeah. but to, to allow that to play, play its role and be expressed. Mm -hmm. What obstacles do your clients run into when they begin doing this self love work? Um, that it's scary to feel your feelings. <laughs> That I think is the biggest obstacle for most people. And that was an obstacle for me too at first, because when you're allergic to feeling, which we all are to certain degrees, I feel most people are, we're scared of the depth, right? We're scared to be uncomfortable. We don't know what's going to happen if we go all the way there. Like we're like, oh, if I, if I let myself feel that way, I might feel like that forever. Right. Or if I, if I let that feeling come up, it's going to over. It's going to overtake me and I'll be out of control. Or if I feel that bad, like I might literally die. Like, I don't know. It feels like you could die, right? Like when yes. you're scared of your feelings. So I think part of the beauty of the work that I do with clients is that I show them by example, hey, I promise you I've done this and I didn't die. I do this all the time and you don't die. Like we need to just like put that on the table first and foremost. And they're like, okay, like if you did it, I'll try it. And I'll, and I'll be like, yeah. And I'm right here with you. Like as you do it, like you don't have to feel your feelings alone. And there is a way to feel your feelings without getting sucked into the story. And it's to do it. You feel your feelings through your body. Because most of us think that we're feeling our feelings, but really we're just thinking our feelings. It's all intellectualized. Yeah. Yes. We're not actually feeling our feelings viscerally in our physiological, spiritual, emotional body, which they're all connected, by the way. You cannot access your highest spiritual self by not going through your emotions. You have to go through the emotional body. So basically the process that I take people through on my retreats and in my coaching, and I just wrote about it in my newest book, which is called The Mini Book of Self-Love for the Modern Woman. It's only on Amazon. I just self-published that one. Um, maybe I'll send you the link to all of these resources too. Um, it's basically a process of like meditating on your feelings. So if you've ever meditated on your breath, right? You have to keep coming back to the breath. Every time you notice you're distracted, you're like, oh, I'm breathing. Okay, coming back to the breath. You know, you keep going back to it. Right. It's like that, but with your feelings. So maybe we can demonstrate it. Will you be Ooh, like guinea pig? Okay. Yes. <laughs> so let's just work with any emotion, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is that you feel is present inside of you right now. But I'm going to guide you through the process. So go ahead and just okay. anyone listening to you can do this with us, but maybe don't close your eyes if you're driving. Okay. Right, right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to close my eyes. Yes. Go ahead and close your eyes and just take a couple nice deep breaths. Maybe in through the nose, out through the mouth feels good. Just letting go of your day, landing into the moment, getting into your body. Just setting an intention to be with whatever feeling or feelings are here today. Just going to be totally open to them. No judgment, no resistance, just open and curious to what's going on in your emotional world today. And as you breathe here, I want you to notice and you can share with us if a word or a color or feeling comes up, what are you feeling right now? I feel like a flickering flame. Mm -hmm. And where like do you it, feel it? In the center of my, like the center of my chest. Yeah. Does it have maybe like a word? Like, does it feel like passion or happiness or aliveness or how would you describe it? I think it's robust. 
Mm, cool. Yeah, and it's red. Yeah, awesome. Getting lots of good intel here. So you're breathing, you're tuning into your feelings, you're feeling this robust red energy in your heart space, in your chest area. I want you to just breathe and just stay with that sensation for as long as you can and see what happens next. It's growing and it's like orange on the outside. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, it's expanding. It's like widening. Mm -hmm. Just stay with it for as long as you can and keep breathing as you just keep observing. It's moving. Yeah. Where's There's it like a to? to my stomach, mm -hmm. but it's darker color. Like mm -hmm. it's blue, like dark blue. Yeah. How does it feel in your body? Does it feel like tingly? Does it feel warm? Does it feel it feels heavy? heavy? It feels weighted. Uh-huh. Yeah, really it feels good. heavy. It's, it's yeah. big. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like my stomach just got bigger. <laughs> it's pretty normal. thanks a lot Kelsey no. <laughs> stay with it stay with All it right, I want right. to see what happens next you're doing really good just keep breathing and keep noticing notice how we're not thinking too much about this we're not going into any stories we're not like thinking the emotion she's literally just feeling it in her body and noticing what's going on in real time yeah, it's dark blue. It's heavy. It's in my belly. I don't see the red anymore or the yeah. orange. It's yeah. like, and it's like low in my belly. Like it's actually mm -hmm. beneath my, my navel. Yeah. And let's assume that this blue energy in your navel had a message for you and it could speak to you. It could give you information. What would it be telling you? What's, what's the information here to be had? I feel like it's saying I'm just gonna sit here for a minute. Yeah. Doesn't have to be that deep. Whatever comes is yeah. what comes. Well, and it's it's okay. It's not scary. It's not. It's yeah. not like even though it's heavy, it's not like I can't move. Mm -hmm. My chest is light. Like I feel it low. Yeah. Just keep breathing here and see how it moves next. Because energy never really stays. It's kind of always moving, changing, transmuting, and when you release your resistance to it, you can just watch it go. Energy in motion, emotion. As you said that, I feel it pouring like down my legs, like it's turning a twinkly, like a, mm. like twinkly lights, but inside. Yeah. Does it feel lighter? Like it's dispersing? Yeah. yeah it feels tingly mm -hmm. on my, on, like on my thighs. Like it went through my pelvis. Yeah. Interesting. Keep breathing and see what happens next. And anyone doing this with us, just notice how we're in a really curious space. We're not judging our feelings. We're not trying to make them go away. We're literally just breathing and being with them and noticing in the body. That's like turning almost like, it's not water. It's thicker than water, but it's like some kind of fluid fluidness to it the fluidity Ooh. to it like from my knees now down mm -hmm. like it moved it totally moved yeah it moved all the way from your chest down to yeah. your legs yeah well and I want to tell you I'm gonna open my eyes 
I want to tell you that, thank you for that. Yeah, Cause I want yeah. to tell you that when you, you first said we were going to do this, I immediately thought like, I've been experiencing grief. My, yeah. my dog died a few Aww, weeks ago. And I'm so sorry. It's, thank That's you. So yeah. Sad. So it's been such a big loss. He's a big dog. So it's a big absence in our house. And like, we still hung up a stocking for him, even though he wasn't yeah. here. And, and, um, and I had a doctor's appointment. I told you, and I always talked to the nurse about my dog. And so today I had to tell her. And, and so when you said, let's explore a feeling I thought and intellectually, I thought grief, but yeah. then I saw red fire in my heart. Yeah. And then that didn't yeah. seem like grief. Uh huh. Surprising. When you actually tune into like where you are and what's happening in your emotional body, you might be surprised. And a lot of people are surprised that a it doesn't feel as painful as it did when they were resisting it, and two surprised how fast it moves and transmutes into something else. And usually, like when people see me, if they're having anxiety or they're having depression or they're going through grief or a breakup or whatever it is. The reason why what I do is different than like therapy, one, I'm not a therapist. So let me just put that out there. I'm a, someone who has healed myself and I help other people heal themselves. But the work that I do with people is really helping them to feel their feelings. And that is a form of moving your energy. We're not like psychoanalyzing. We're not diagnosing. We're not saying, oh, you felt depressed for three weeks. That means you have clinical depression. No, we're just literally saying, okay, Let's tune into this temporary experience you're happening and watch it move without judgment, without criticism, replacing all those things with compassion and openness. And people feel relief so fast when they're allowed to feel their feelings and there's no judgment and there's no resistance because your emotional body knows how to heal itself. We just often don't let it because we aren't willing to sit with ourselves. We aren't willing to feel uncomfortable. We're really scared of what's going to happen if we do allow our feeling to rise. But I promise you, it will not kill you. What kills you are your thoughts about the feelings. What makes people suicidal is feeling that there's something wrong with them for feeling like that, right? It's what you make things mean that can be detrimental. But the actual feeling itself, when you isolate that without the stories, without the BS, without the beliefs, it's just a sensation in the body that your body was created to experience and explore. It's absolutely fascinating. And like that, and I really felt it. And I didn't, for the listeners, like, I didn't know we, this was not scripted. Like, I didn't know we were going to do this. <laughs> But I really felt like that heaviness in my stomach. And I swear, I felt like my stomach got bigger. And, but it was like an interesting feeling. And I think that when I felt like it was going to sit there, I didn't feel like, oh crap, it's going to sit there. I felt like, oh, it's going to sit there. Like, yeah. And part of the important part of the practice is to stay with the breath. Because a lot of times people forget to breathe when they're like having an intense moment, a moment of intensity. So what I'm doing is like, okay, remember to breathe. Let's keep watching this. We're not thinking about it. We're not trying to make it mean anything. We're just being with it. Because one of the most self-loving things you can do in all of entirety of the universe is to just gift yourself unconditional presence. That's it. That's one of the most healing things you can do to raise your vibration, to feel better, to feel whole, to feel complete is to be with yourself no matter what. So that means not going to watch your favorite show and zone out when you start to feel bad. That means not going for a drink when you start to feel bad. That means not reaching for your vape when you start to feel bad. Like, can you just be present with whatever's there and get out of your head and get into your body? 
And that's hard for people at first, which I think it can be really helpful to have some sort of counselor, therapist, practitioner, healer type person to help hold your hand through the process because I get it. It can be scary. It takes practice. Like at my retreats, we do it a couple of times throughout the week. And then I guide them through it on Zoom calls a bunch after the retreat's over. So people can really learn the process and know it for themselves. And then once they feel comfortable, you know, once you get good at feeling your feelings, you can do it forever and ever. And it's one of the most beautiful healing tools because, you know, I always say that feeling is healing and the only way out is through. Fortunately and unfortunately. <laughs> we're going to have feelings our whole life about all kinds of different yeah. feelings, good, bad, you know, like all over the map. I heard one of my teachers say that feelings are like visitors. They're coming to knock at the door. And as long as you don't let them in there, stay in there on the porch and they're knocking, knocking, knocking. Right. But if it's you like let a little them... kid who needs something like yeah. mom, mom, mom. And then you're like, go away. I'm busy, Johnny. And then he like comes back and is like, like each time it's like louder and like more distressed each time you push it away. Right. Like that's how feelings are. How many of us can relate to pushing something down for so long and then you explode in right. some sort of like detrimental way, right? You take it out on your husband, you take it out on your kids, you explode in a public setting, like you break down on the subway, like whatever it is, when you're really in touch with your emotional body, that kind of stuff doesn't have to happen because you catch it in the way babier phase. Right. Yeah. We can develop our sensitivity to this, I imagine. Yeah. Definitely. We start to recognize it like, oh, this is fear or, oh, this is sadness or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Or just, oh, I need a moment to myself. Let me just process this. Let me just be with myself for a few moments. Let me listen to that sad song. <laughs> Let me be a little stressed for five minutes. Like giving yourself permission to feel how you feel is a huge part. And that's something that a lot of us are missing because we're taught that it's not good. It's not strong. It's not safe. It's not admirable it's not socially acceptable and I'm not going to say that every instance in every setting is the best time and place to process your feelings uh no that's why I created these retreats <laughs> hello I can't just like do this in the office you right. probably shouldn't do it like when you're driving like you can't do it like around everybody like there are more and less safe opportunities to do this type of work which is why I work with people in a one-on-one -on -one setting but it is very liberating and I'll tie this back to manifestation too, because a lot of times we don't go for what we want or we make certain decisions out of fear of certain feelings that we think might occur, right? right. We're like, yes. oh, I can't do that because what if I get disappointed? I don't believe I can handle that disappointment. I think that disappointment would quite literally break me. So I'm not going to go for that. Or, oh, I can't do that thing because what if I'm too scared and then my, my fear just takes over? Like none of these emotions are bad until you let them stop you from living your life. But when you know how to process them and be with them and work with them and transmute them in a healthy and loving, compassionate way, you literally become unstoppable. You raise your vibration through the roof. You are a super duper self-loving person and you create so much internal harmony that reflects in every single area of your life. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. I love it. I mean, we just did this, you know, this is my first time doing this in any kind of guided way. And I can already tell that like, wow, if that's something that I would do for myself, like on the regular, how beneficial yeah. it could be. And yeah. I also want to share with you this other, that's from the same old therapist who told me I could be my good parent. I remember telling him at that time that I was afraid to go into like my head or, you know, my feelings, because I was like, 
I'm going to get overwhelmed by, like, as you said before, like, it's going to consume me. Like I won't be able to get out. And one of the things he told me then was like, whatever you're carrying with you, it's not going to be worse when you look at it. It's worse when you don't look at it. (laughs) True. Like it's like facing the monster inside. And then you turn around and you look at the monster and you're like, oh, you're not a monster. You're just a scared little kid. Oh, it's like, like Monsters, Inc., where like the, the big blue one is afraid of the little girl, you know? It's exactly like that. And I will say to uh, um, drive that point home even more, like these emotions unchecked will do more damage, right? Like the emotions that you don't feel that can manifest into some bad health problems, some relationship issues, like dealing with it, or I shouldn't even say dealing with it because that makes it seem like everything's a burden. <laughs> feeling is a burden. But feeling your feelings is just connecting with your deepest self, flowing with life, letting energy move through your body. And your feelings don't live in your head. Your thoughts that come from the feelings that are judgments of the feelings that are stories that lead to the feelings are in your head, but your feelings are actually in your body. That's what a lot of people miss, I think too. Well, and we don't let ourselves feel it because I'm just thinking like, as soon as, you know, as soon as we're bored, we pick up our phone. As soon as we're you know, overwhelmed, we're watching Netflix. As soon as we're bummed or stressed, we're on the bottle of wine. And so it's like, we never even give ourselves the opportunity. Exactly. We're already quelling it before it even had a chance to rear up. Right, exactly. So that's the beauty of just taking some time. Maybe it's once a day to check in with yourself. How am I feeling? Let me just sit with myself for 10 minutes in silence and just let whatever is here just come up and out for 10 minutes. If you got to cry, if you got to scream, if you're going to laugh, whatever it is, just be with yourself unconditionally. And that is a huge game changer. It's a huge game changer. I mean, and that's something too, like depending on how noisy you're going to be about it, but like you could even do it in the bathroom at the office, right? Yeah. Like people are like, oh, I don't have any time. You know, I've got the kids and I've got the pets and all this stuff. Like go, go into the bathroom and take five minutes, close the stall and take five minutes. Go in your car yourself. in the parking lot. Car. Just yes. sit there, breathe some fresh air, have the window open, eat your little snack. Self-care guys, self-care. Yes, but it's so powerful. These, these things, they, well, they might sound big or they might sound small, but you have to do it to get the benefit. Thinking about it is not enough. Right, right. We're not thinking our feelings anymore. We're feeling our feelings totally different. Because when you think your feelings, you go down the rabbit hole, you get on that feeling train, you get on that anxiety train, you get on that depression train. And once that gets some momentum, it's hard. Now you're in a thought spiral. Yeah. Now you're spiraling. (laughs) Right. That's and now you're thinking all thing. worst case scenario and things like right, that, where if you can right. feel it and let it move through you, then it's transmuted. Yeah. And I always say a successful feeling session or a successful feeling moment is one where you don't hurt yourself or you don't hurt anyone else. That's the cardinal rule. If you can feel your feelings without taking it out on someone else or taking it out on yourself, which is what a lot more of us do, right. um, then you're golden. Yeah. Oh, this is such a powerful gift you're giving to the listeners today. I really thank you for that. And that you've given to me personally. That's really, yeah. I, I mean, I hope that I hope folks try it and just see, just experience yes. it. Try it. I have a guided meditation that goes with the book that I wrote. So the mini book of self-love for the modern woman, it comes with a meditation that you can download. That's me guiding you through that process. Um, so I just wanted to point to that too. If you're like, where can I learn this? I don't, I can't go on this retreat for a week. I can't work with Kelsey one-on-one. Like there is a meditation. It exists. 
for free. The book is $9. It's pretty accessible. Right. <laughs> so oh, this is great. Yeah, definitely going to link to that. And then can you talk real quick about your a podcast? You have a podcast yeah. that's raising everybody's vibration. Yes, yes. It's called High Vibe in it. So if you like my perspectives on things and healing modalities and energy in general, you will love the podcast. I co-host it with my friend, Lindsay Robinson, who's a hypnotherapist. So she's all in the mind and the subconscious mind, and I'm all in the energy and the emotions and the self-love and the manifesting. And we're just always talking about self-love, raising your vibration, healing your emotions, manifesting your dreams, living your best life. Like if you love this show, I'm sure you will love High Vibe. Yes. Yes. So go check that out. And then, you know, obviously this one is inner peace to go. So can you talk a little bit about what inner peace looks like for you these days? Yeah. For me, it's pretty much that process that we just went through over and over again, because you always come back to a place of peace after you ride the wave. There is a place inside of you that's always still, that's always peaceful, that's unshakable, that's always good to go, rock solid. Your most internal core, like your soul essence, can't be moved by these feelings or these things that happen in life or these circumstances, and it can't be hurt or damaged in any way. So when you can keep coming back to that space, just touch it every day. Just touch the depth of it. You don't have to go all the way in, but just remember that it's there. Say hello to it. I think that's a really powerful way to keep coming back to a place of peace. Because I don't think it's a healthy goal to be like, I should always be peaceful. Right. Because then you're going to like, you know, bypass all your feelings, pretend to be happy when you're not, like do things to keep the peace. And you're just going to be like rotting from the inside out energetically. But a better approach is to, how can I access peace more often? How can I keep coming back to my center, back to my peace? And that's kind of my approach. Yeah, I love that. And I think self-love plays a huge role in that because if we know that we have our own back and our own front, then, then we can feel a measure of groundedness even in the storm, like even in yes. the grief of me losing Duke or, you know, a, a million other things that can throw us off balance. Like if we have a, a, a groundedness that's inside that we keep, then, then that's there, then that's there to steady us. Yep. So true. So please tell the listeners where they can find more of you. I know they yeah. can go to high vibe in it, but tell everybody yes. what you got. For sure. So you can definitely check out High Vibe in it. There's no G. We're too cool for the G, I guess. So it's just High Vibe in. You're OG, it. so you don't need an extra G. <laughs> yeah, no G in there, just in case you're like looking for it and you're like, I don't see it. There's no G. Um, and you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, Twitter, all the social spaces at Kelsey Aida. It's just my first and middle name. I think Instagram's my favorite. So I'm usually there a lot. And whenever I get like good downloads from the universe, I always just like throw it on my stories or make a quick reel or something. So that's where all the good tidbits are. And then I have so many like archived blog articles that I've written over the years. If you go to KelseyAida.com, that's also where you can find all my books. I've written, I think five or six books now. I don't even remember how many. And they're all about manifesting your best life, happiness, peace, love, all the good things that you would want for yourself. And then I host a retreat. I'm actually hosting one this October and it's a self-love retreat. So if you're a woman and you're on a self-love journey and you want to meet like-minded women and work with me in Mexico in paradise for a week, then you can check that out at KelseyAida.com slash retreat. And 
yeah, if you just search for me in the bookstore or on Amazon or online, Kelsey Aida, you will find all the books and all the goodies. Well, it's been just an absolute joy to connect with you today. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you. I had so much fun. Thank you so much to Kelsey. And I hope you found that as fascinating as I did, particularly that meditation exercise. You know, it was such an interesting experience embodying my feelings in that way. And the whole time I really didn't know what to expect, but it was a great practice to just be there with myself and sort of watch what happened. I had no idea what would happen. And this is something I'm definitely going to do again, because especially with with grief, which can just seem so heavy and, and hard when we think about it, but experiencing it somatically in my body was just, it was a whole different experience. I it made it so much less scary. And so I hope that was helpful to you. And let me know if you try it because it's just fascinating. And as you hear Kelsey say, I mean, this is a way for us to process our feelings so that they don't rear up their ugly heads and cause problems for us later. So remember to connect with that essence of peace that we all are inherently, we need to remind ourselves that feelings don't live in our head. They're felt in our body, and that's how we can process them and come through them. This is something we can practice doing, and we can get better at it. Another important takeaway for me is that every part of us is for us, not against us. So we can learn to have compassion for our many faceted selves and to embrace all the aspects of who we are. Instead of shunning certain parts of ourselves or things we don't like, let's learn to look upon them with love and remember that they're for us, not against us. As she said in the episode, you know, one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves is our own unconditional presence. We can learn to be with ourselves regardless of what feelings we're feeling, what how that is in our body, or what aspects of ourselves we may dis- be discovering and exploring. So let, let's bring more love to ourselves because we totally deserve it. So as always, I thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here and for giving me your time. I'm so appreciative. I would love to know what you think and what you're taking away from this conversation. Drop me a line on Instagram if you're so inclined. And if you like this show, please subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to it. And tell a friend if you would, because my whole hope is that as we all feel a little more peace and ease in our lives, we create a world that becomes a kinder and happier place. So thank you so much for all that you do. I love you and I will talk to you again soon. Hey, if you want to keep the peaceful vibes going, get on my email list. I'd love to send you my free ebook, The Ultimate Stress Busters Guide, packed with actionable steps to bring on the chill. Plus, I'll send you more tips and inspiration every week. There's a link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox.